Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. We have been teaching about knowing the Holy Spirit. In fact, I was teaching for more than 15 sessions already in the revival services. And if you are interested to hear those teaching, this is like a Bible school teaching. Go in detail about the Holy Spirit. Please get to the CD table on Sunday, get the whole series and listen. I'm going to start the second series now. In the first series, we have learned that the Holy Spirit is God and the Holy Spirit is involved in the creation. He is not less than the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We also learn that the Holy Spirit has many ministries on earth here. I will not spend time reviewing all detail, but the Holy Spirit has ministries on the earth relating to the will of the Father and with the believers. We can see a great example in the Bible, the Lord Jesus himself. The Lord Jesus himself was so filled with the Holy Spirit, to the point that the Bible used the word, He has the Spirit without measure. It means without limit. His anointing is unlimited. I would like to live like that, with the Holy Spirit without measure, without limit, so that I can be a blessing to more people around me, my wife, my kids, my friend, my patients. I want to have the anointing and the Holy Spirit without limit. We can see that it's so essential. It is something that is not just a decoration or a special furniture in your car, but it's essential that Christians need to know the Holy Spirit, walk with the Spirit, and fill with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes Christians treat the Holy Spirit as an extraordinary. One of these days when I'm in a good mood, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or I'm going to talk to the Holy Spirit. But right now, I'm not in a good mood, so, hey, leave me alone, leave me alone. I can run my own life. That is a big mistake. The Holy Spirit should be constantly, 24-7, be involved with our walk with the Father and walking on earth here. He should be there in fellowship with us all the time. This should be our lifestyle, which we can build little by little from today on. I have been doing this. I have been building the lifestyle of knowing, following, being filled with the Holy Spirit since 1996, 1997. It's been quite many years already. I have so many experiences with the Holy Spirit in these past years. Sometimes, I have to admit to you, I was sitting in the car and... I cry in a car to think about, okay, what happened is this. Sometimes I read the Bible or listen to a sermon. And when I listen to some very wonderful revelation from a preacher or some teaching, and when I listen, I think this way, who, what he preached has already happened to me. Or sometimes when I read the Bible and God showed me something in the Bible, I say, Wow, this thing, this revelation, this truth has been happening to me already for a few years. 
And now the word of God just show me that it's in the Bible. What I try to say is not about boasting about my life. No, no, no. Don't take me wrong. You need to understand one thing. Since 1996-1997, that I started to be touched by the file of God, I have been hungry and never gave up on the file of God. Because when you got into the Holy Spirit, into the fire, you're going to face persecution and rejection like Jesus did. And you will be tempted and tested to quit. In fact, I just talked to a worship leader in Thailand who decided to follow the file of God. A few weeks ago, he decided that he could start to follow the file of God. Right away, he was persecuted in his city. A lot of religious people wrote a letter, distributed the whole city that this man is cheating, he's a bad man, don't talk to him. He didn't do anything. He just wanted to follow the fire of God. He was persecuted right away. I have been persecuted already for many years. So I know what he is going through right now. And I thank God that he has been standing firm to follow the Holy Spirit. Since 1997, I never back off from the Holy Spirit no matter what happened. Even 10 people, 15 people walk out of the church. Don't like when I lay hand on people. They don't like the Holy Spirit moving. They quit. They left the church. I never quit. I still go on with the Holy Spirit all these years. And I have had the privilege of being touched and filled with the Holy Spirit on a weekly basis. The reason because I lay hand almost every Sunday on Sunday morning, and I lay hand every Sunday afternoon. So when I lay hand, the Holy Spirit touched me to touch people. I was a vessel that the Holy Spirit is going through me. I have been touched by the Holy Spirit every week. And when I went to Asia or to Japan or to Germany, I lay hand on every single head. And sometimes I lay hand many times. So like, for example, 1,000 people I lay hand on, how much the Holy Spirit go through me? A lot. So why I am a vessel that the Holy Spirit touch people, at the same time, He is working in me. He's working through me, and He's working in me. And now when I look back from 1997, I can see that why God won the fire of God in the house of God. Because I have been changed so much. I cannot explain in five minutes how much God has changed me, a man like this, who is full of weaknesses and sinful nature. Little by little every week, little, little thing that he adjusted me, he changed me little, little thing, little thinking, little idea and how I look at things around me. After a few months after I, I was changed by God, by the fire, then I studied the Bible and found that truth. Wow, it's in the Bible and it's happened to me. And I cry and say, God, this is so wonderful. Now I understand when you say that we walk by the Spirit, not by the law. Because I heard the law after God already changed me by the Spirit. And it's so confirming. It's so wonderful to know that Wow, the Word of God is so real in a person's life like this. And it's become real even before the Bible revealed the truth to me. And this happened to me in the past many years. And, and actually just yesterday I was driving home. I was listening to a sermon. 
And that was quite a good sermon, talking about many things about Christian life. And when I listened, wow, this already happened to me for years, but I have not been able to grab the idea and talk like this picture. But when he talked about it, I say, "Woo! This has already been changed in my life by the Holy Spirit all these years." And I'm even more convinced that the Holy Spirit is so important to the Christian church, and we should not back off. We should not quench him. We should not talk him out of the church. He is so important, and that's why I have so much passion to see the Holy Spirit touch people and change people, because Jesus is coming back to meet the bride, who will become more like Him. I remember when I read Ephesians chapter four many years ago. Ephesians four say the pastor, prophet, evangelist, and teacher, pastor. Will train God's people until they attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Before 1997, this scripture is a dream because I see a mess in the church. People still very carnal, fighting, lying, cheating each other, committing adultery, whatever in churches all over the world. And I myself struggle. I cannot do what the Bible say. I cannot change. I don't have any power to do what God say. I really was struggling as a pastor to see that that scripture, Ephesians chapter four, verses ten to fourteen, must be just a theory or just an idea, but it will never happen in the real life. But now, after I found the file of God, after I've been touched by the file of God for many years, now I'm convinced that it can happen. That God's people can be changed from glory to glory to glory, until they can attain, you know, attain mean to reach to to get to the goal, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God wants His people to become like Christ on earth here. Amen. This is an introduction. That I want to say before I preach the message. This message is about fellowshipping or communing with the Holy Spirit. As I give you the introduction, I want to convince you that the Holy Spirit is the one of the biggest part, a biggest person in every believer's life. But Most of the time, Christians don't know him, don't understand about him, don't have fellowship with him, never talk to him, never listen to him. He just out there like a stranger. The Holy Spirit is not involved in the church. The Holy Spirit is not involved in anybody. He has been ignored by many believers. But as a pastor, I want to encourage you that he is so important. He's so important in. Every aspect of your life, every aspect is not just about ministry; it's about your family. He changed me so much that my family life is improving because he changed me. He changed Pastor Da, so our family life is getting better because he deal with me, he correct me, he changed me, he empower me to do the right thing, and he did the same thing to Pastor Da. This is so wonderful. It's so important that you know him. You are filled by him. 
You walk with him, commune with him, fellowship with him, all the time. He is your close friend. He, sh- you should know him even better than your close friend on earth here, the human friend. He should be so close to you, more than even any human in the world. You should know the Holy Spirit definitely. This. Fellowship, this deep fellowship with the Holy Spirit will not happen overnight. Will not happen in one day. It takes time to develop. But if you don't start today, you don't have the goal and the desire, the purpose to do that. It will never happen. You need to have a desire, the purpose, and the goal to develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit from today on. Deeper and deeper in getting to know Him, I believe when Jesus was walking on earth, He was so filled and so close to the Holy Spirit that He heard everything the Holy Spirit said every day, all the time. In other words, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit in every single word He said, in every single miracle He performed, in every action He did. In every time, in every town he went, he was led by the Holy Spirit 1,000% all the time. We should live that way. Amen. Romans chapter 8 verse 5 say, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The Bible clearly says that there are two forces in our life that we're going to follow. One is our own sinful nature or our flesh. Unfortunately, many Christians are very carnally minded or oriented. Everything about pleasing my flesh. My reputation, my name, my image, how people look at me, how much money I have, how many people will bow down to me, how much power I can have, what kind of title I will have in a church. Everything is about their flesh, to please their flesh. And because they are following their flesh, they set their mind, their desire on the desire of the flesh. And the Bible called those Christians carnal Christians. They follow their flesh. When they get angry, they blow up. They never learn how to control their flesh. Whatever their flesh leads, they will do it. And I pray that members that I pastor will not be that kind of Christians. And I will do my best to be example to the members in the church. We want to be spiritual Christians. Spiritual Christian doesn't mean that you sit and check, 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 and blah, 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 blah. No. The word spiritual Christian means you are led by the Spirit. It means that your heart focuses on what the Holy Spirit desires. You want to follow His will and His desire. Definitely, the desire and the will of the Holy Spirit is the same desire of the Father and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we should be more the Holy Spirit-oriented people. We should be more thinking, 
focusing on what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. We should train our thinking that way. You, every time you think about something, or you want to say something, or want to do something, you ask yourself, "Is this led by my flesh, or is this led by the Spirit? Am I really following the Holy Spirit? Am, am I sensitive to the Holy Spirit, or I just follow my flesh and do whatever I want, do whatever I mean, my flesh, my body want?" We should practice and grow in the area of. Communing, fellowshipping, being led by the Spirit of God all the days of our life. Amen. Can I encourage you to do that from now on? That you will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Set your heart on what the Holy Spirit wants. Definitely, many times when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, it may be against your flesh. Your flesh wants to do one thing, and the Holy Spirit tells you to do another thing. Are you going to follow the Holy Spirit, or are you going to follow the flesh? It's your own choice. God gives you the freedom of choice, but as you follow the Spirit of God, you will have L I F E life. Life come from following the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says, if you follow your flesh, it will lead to death and corruption. You're going to bring death to your family. To your own body, to your own finances, to relationship, to anything—if you follow the flesh. So, how many people want life? Raise your hand up. How many people want good health? How many people want prosperity? Good family. The kids doing well. Grandkids doing well. How many people want success? How many people want sickness? Broken home, the kids go into trouble. Those are corruption and death. So I want to encourage all the men in this room, all the father. You know, sometimes in marriage, you always point finger. Hey, my wife need to change first. You need to change, honey. Need to change first. Why don't you do this? I want to tell you, no one can change your wife except God. The key is you change first. You need to be a spiritual man first. You need to be a man that follow the Holy Spirit first. You reap what you sow. If you are the man who follow the Holy Spirit, your wife gonna be that kind of man, uh, that kind of woman too, not man. I'm sorry. Your wife gonna be that kind of lady or woman too that follow the Holy Spirit because you set the pace, you set the example in your own home that the dad. And the father or the husband in this house is a spiritual man. He is led by the Spirit, and he's gonna be a man of God, not a man of carnality. Amen. We need to set the tone in the house that way, and don't try to change somebody else. You are the one who make your own decision to be what kind of person you want to be with God. Amen. Don't try to change somebody else. Let God change them. You just pray for them. Don't try to manipulate anybody. Okay, so we should set our heart according to the desire of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter five, verses sixteen to eighteen. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. 
they are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. Your flesh want to do this, but the Holy Spirit tells you to do another thing. It's always contrary, opposite. You need to follow the way of the Spirit, which is contrary to the desire of the flesh. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I did not understand this scripture until I have been in revival. That is true. If you're so full of the Holy Spirit, you're so yielded to the Holy Spirit, surrendering to the Holy Spirit, He leads you every day. Sometimes you are doing things that you don't even know that the Bible talk about. You don't know even the, what the law say. And then you find out from the Bible later on, yeah, this is what the law say to do that. Because the Holy Spirit inside you just move you to do what God the Father desires. You are not under the law. You are under the Spirit. You live by the Spirit all the time. Wow, the world would be a nice place to live if everyone can live that way. Every home would be a nice place to live if both husbands and wives are Spirit-led, yielded to the Holy Spirit. After we read this through Scripture, I want to conclude that. It's about our own decision. What our desire is. God will never force you. As a pastor, I cannot force you. You must make a determination to have a desire to be led by the Spirit, not to be led by your flesh. Every day you wake up, you make that decision. Today, the Holy Spirit will lead me, not my flesh. I will be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, to the prompting and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, not my own flesh. When your flesh rises up, you say, go down, go down, go down. You decrease and the Holy Spirit increases. You need to learn how to do that every single day. Practice that kind of Christian life every day. It's a, your desire. No one can force you. You make that decision. I desire to live a spiritual life from now on until the day I die. Amen? Everyone say, my desire. Look at how Paul lived. In Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 7 and verse 9, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bit- Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus, would not allow them to. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. You can see example in the book of Acts here that the apostle Paul was led by the Spirit. He was planning something. He's going to go into this city. And then before he went in, the Holy Spirit told him, no, 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 not this city. Move on. He went to another city. The Holy Spirit told him, no, 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 no. Move on to another city. So he was led by the Spirit. He was not leading himself. I want to encourage you. One thing. Every decision you make, you need to ask yourself, is this led by the Spirit? Some parents are led by children. They're sad. Dad, I like that church. We have a lot of games. 
You must come with me, Dad, to that church. You cannot be member of that church because I like that children program. Let me ask you: Do you ask the Holy Spirit what church He wants you to be in? Are you following your kids? Are you following the Holy Spirit? I make a determination long time ago that I will be led by the Spirit of God. If God told me to stay here, I stay. I'm not leaving. Amen. If God told me to do something, God told me to move in the fire. Since 1997, I never quit. Even though the whole world forsake me, I will never quit. Everyone walk out of the church, I still never quit, because I need to obey the Holy Spirit more than man. I'm not led by my children. I'm not led by my wife, but I consult with her, and we agree. And many times I yield to her because her idea is better than me because she listens to the Holy Spirit too. She is a spiritual woman. She is led by the Spirit. So we talk and find out from the Holy Spirit together. We both are led by the Spirit. So we need to be led. We need to obey the Holy Spirit, even though it may be against our flesh. If you can do that, you're gonna go higher and higher and higher into life, life. Life, life, better and better. But if you are led by your flesh and led by people, you can be in trouble. Amen. This is very key teaching in the Christian life that you need to know. A lot of Christians don't know this. They just go by the feeling, by the manipulation, by the external thing. Oh, this church they don't have nice carpet. I'm not going to be here. They go by what they see. They are not led by the Spirit at all. You need to ask the Holy Spirit where you want to be, where, which house you're gonna buy, who you're gonna marry to, which city you're gonna be in, what job you're gonna do. You need to be led by the Spirit in every single thing. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what happened to Paul. Ephesians chapter five, verse eighteen. Do not drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. This is a present tense. Be filled on a regular basis. It was not yesterday or ten years ago. You can see here that our life can be influenced by different things. How many people have been drunk before by alcohol? Raise your hand up. I, I raised my hand too. I, I got drunk too. I got drunk one time in my life and never drunk again. It's so terrible. We graduated from high school. And we have a party celebration, so we drank all night, and I was really drunk. I was I couldn't get up. I was thrown up and couldn't walk. Very bad feeling. So when I read this scripture, do not get drunk on wine. I totally understand that the alcohol can get into your muscle, can get into your brain cell. If you drink too much, the brain cell will die. That's why. A lot of elderly people who drink the whole life. If you cat scan them, their brain shrink and very small, and they have dementia and have problem because alcohol destroy brain cell. It go into the brain cell and start to control and destroy the liver cell and the brain cell and all the cell in your body. If people get drunk or get controlled by alcohol, they are controlled by bad things. So if it can be controlled. By alcohol, 
Sometimes people can be controlled by reputation, acceptance, or opinion of man. They want to please everybody. Their, their life is so controlled by the opinion of people, or by reputation, by acceptance of people. If you are living like that, you're in trouble. What you need to do, you need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled. Let the Holy Spirit fill every cell, every part of your life, every decision, every thing, the motive, the attitude, the action, the word. Everything is controlled by the Holy Spirit. Be filled by the Holy Spirit. And we should be filled on a regular basis. As I mentioned, I have the privilege of laying hand on people every Sunday. So I've been filled with the Holy Spirit every week, and it's so wonderful. During the week, the Holy Spirit still linger in me all week, and then Sunday I come and feel it again. I usually fill my tank up once a week, and sometimes I drove a passenger car out to to fill the gasoline tank too. So we fill the tank up; it will not go down. We keep on filling the tank. We need to fill our tank up every week. Get filled, get filled, get filled. Amen. So what happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit all the time? Even though we don't see the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is compared to a wind. We don't see the Holy Spirit, but we see the evidence of the wind, the tree bend, the flag blowing, or the boat move sailing. Thing move because the wind blow. So when the a person is so filled with the Holy Spirit, you can tell. You can tell yourself, and you can tell that person is filled with the Holy Spirit or not. The Bible gives us some hint here in Ephesians chapter five, verse nineteen. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. There are two things in this one verse. If you really feel with the Holy Spirit, you love to sing. Songs to God, you love to worship, and not only that, your speech and your mouth will be different. You will always talk to honor God. You always talk about the goodness of God, the great things of God. You want to honor God with your speech. You don't want to use your mouth to say some bad words, to offend people, to lie, to condemn people, to bring people past mistake up. You know, sometimes people like to get on people. Ten years ago, you do this. Twenty years ago, you do this. You keep bringing it up because it's so fun by the flesh to condemn somebody. But if you're so filled with the Holy Spirit, you will always talk like the way God talk. The Book of Psalm talk. Psalm sing Psalm. You talk about goodness of God. You talk about the good things of people. You want to build people up. You. Talk in the way that God will get honor. Not only that, the Bible says, "Make music in your heart to the Lord." It means that the Holy Spirit, when He fill you up, He will change not only your lips, but He will change your heart. Your heart will be so full of joy, of faith, of faithfulness. Your heart will be changed full of the things of the attitude of God, love. When you look at people, you love them, you think good about them. Your heart is changed, and your heart wants to say something good about God. You want to honor God all the time. Your heart and your lips are changed by the Holy Spirit. Is it wonderful? 
I am so convinced that only Christianity and the Holy Spirit can change people, not education. I graduate from the medical school, have high education, get the gold medal from the king of Thailand. But before I became a Christian, I was a bad person. I was so selfish. My heart was not right. I have foul language. I say bad things until I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I get to know Jesus. My heart was changed. My mouth started to change. I started to change the way I talk, the way I think. My heart was changed, and my mouth is changed. Ephesians chapter five verse twenty. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you want to give thanks to God. You become thankful person. Everything you see, whether good or not so good or bad, you are so thankful. I have learned from the past 30 years that sometimes bad things that happen to us have a purpose. And eventually, it will come out good if you go through it with a thankful heart. So many bad things happen. But if we keep our heart right, filled with the Holy Spirit, being thankful, praise God, never have bitterness against God, never complain, but be thankful, say, thank you, Lord. I know this is tough for me. I'm going through this hardship, this trial, but I know at the end, when I come out from it, some good things going to happen to me. And Always did this. I've been this in 30 years already. I can say with my whole confidence after 30 something years of being a Christian that good things come out from the trials and hardship. If I keep my heart right and do the right thing and don't sin against God and always do the right thing before the eyes of God. And when the good things come later on, after come out, I get stronger. And the blessing that come even bigger than what I lost. I lost something, it's hard. But when God paid back, whew, big, 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 big. Beyond your imagination. Our God is like that. He is a God who gives us the perfect and good gift. So we can be thankful in good time, best time. Worst time, not so good time. We should be thankful in everything. And the Holy Spirit will help us to be thankful. Verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. When you are so filled with the Holy Spirit, your attitude will be changed that you will begin to honor other people. You respect other people. You start to think of less of me but more of others. Submit to another person means, okay, if this is the way, maybe in a group we discuss, and it's not clear what is right, what is wrong, the Holy Spirit doesn't give us the direction, you're going to think about, okay, what is the best for them, not for me? You always think about what is the best you submit to another person. You want to serve another person. You always think, what can I do to be a blessing to you? Rather than, what can you do to bless me? What can you do to do good to me? You always submit and think about the good part and want to be a blessing to other people. If husband and wife can do that, be filled with the Holy Spirit, the home will be so happy because always want to bless each other. It's all about you, not me. Amen? Submit to one another out of the reverence for Jesus Christ. We will not be self-centered. We will be 
giving and think about other people. Zechariah chapter four verse six say, "This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit," say the Lord Almighty. It's very difficult to be a good Christian and to do all these good things by our own strength. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You may pretend to do good for a while, but eventually the sinful nature will show up. People can pretend in front of public, but when they get home, the real life show up. But if you're so filled with the Holy Spirit and change inside, whether you are in the church. Home, the car, at work, you're going to be the same, because the Holy Spirit empowered to do you to do the right thing, to be kind, to be honoring to God, to live a life that be always thankful and do the right thing all the time, because it's your nature now. I want all of you to really have a desire to be filled and touched by the Spirit of the Living God, and from now on have a desire to please Him. Not your flesh, amen? amen. The Holy Spirit actually comes in when we become a born again Christian. Every born again Christian have the Holy Spirit, but not everybody is filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you are filled ten years ago, it doesn't mean you are filled today. The Holy Spirit is compared to the water, different level of water, different level of wind. Thing can leak out. People can be so filled ten years ago, but now very light Holy Spirit inside because they are not living a life of Ephesians chapter five verse eighteen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit every single day. Titus chapter three verses five to seven confirm the theology that the Holy Spirit comes in when you are born again. He saved us not because of righteous thing we had done, but because of His mercy, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. My dear brothers and sisters, after we are born again, the Holy Spirit come in to wash us, but should not stay there. We should continue to grow. In the infilling, in the measure of the Holy Spirit, more and more every day and every year. There's a story in the Bible that shows that people can quench the Holy Spirit so much that the Holy Spirit cannot do anything in their life. One man that we can see in the Bible is Saul, King Saul. First Samuel fifteen eleven. I am grieved that I have made Saul king. Because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions, Samuel was troubled and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Saul was anointed by the Holy Spirit to become a king, but unfortunately, he made a choice. Everyone say choice. Everyone say desire. King Saul desired the work of the flesh. He followed the flesh. He's a carnal Christian. He never want to follow the Holy Spirit. He never listened to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit warned him. He doesn't care. He just do whatever I want. I follow my flesh. What happened in First Samuel chapter sixteen, verse fourteen? Now 
the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and condition get worse. An evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. I don't want that condition in my life. I don't want the Holy Spirit to stay quiet and dormant in my life because I quench him, I grieve him because of my rebellion, stubbornness, hard-headedness, and the desire to follow my flesh. I want to follow the Holy Spirit. I don't want the Holy Spirit to become dormant in my life or depart from me. I want him to actively Blowing me like the wind blowing the boat, sail the boat forward. I want the Holy Spirit to empower me to go on and on with the Word of God as a rudder to give me direction. I want the Holy Spirit to keep moving in my life, and I pray that that is your desire as well. Amen. That you want the Holy Spirit to do that kind of things in your life all the time. I think I should stop here. Because of the sake of time, we will continue next revival meeting about how to have a close communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How many people, after you listen to this sermon, you have been moved in your heart to believe that the Holy Spirit is important to you? How many people say, "I'm going to make a decision to desire the way of the Spirit, not the way of the flesh"? How many people say that I'm going to begin to develop the lifestyle of being filled and being led by the Spirit? Let's your hand up. How many people desire life? I want the Holy Spirit to give life to me. He raised Jesus from the dead, and He gives life to our mortal body. Life before we die, and life after we die, He will resurrect us, give life to our mortal body. That's why we need to be connected to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask uh, Scott to give testimony. Scott, can you tell the brother and sister when you came to revival meeting in summarize? Okay, quick summarize of the uh, summary of what God did to you in a revival meeting on Mercer Island and what God did to you a few Sundays ago. Well, the revival meeting on Mercer Island, I mean, that, that would take me a lot longer than the time I'm allotted here. But uh, the short story is I, was, I, I experienced an incredible healing, um, and uh, you'd have to know the whole backstory to get the full effect. But I really, not only that, but um, when I went up, uh, I, I'd listened to... Uh, the whole series of CDs on the laying on of hands, and uh, also the series on our hidden enemies regarding spiritual warfare. And so I was really prepared uh, when I came to that revival to, uh, and expecting and hoping that the Lord would, would touch me. And uh, in those CDs, I heard that some people didn't really feel the manifestation of the Spirit touching them, but when I went up there and I closed my eyes and I said, I don't care if I have to come up here a thousand times. I want to, I want to eventually feel the Holy Spirit. And boom, I tell you the truth. When I went down, my head just started tingling. I mean, it was the most incredible feeling for about five minutes. And uh, basically, my whole brain was rewired. 
uh, and uh, I was cured from an addiction and uh, been clean and sober. So um, it was just... Uh, <laughs> They say once an addict and always an addict, you're always in recovery, but uh, I, I took the one-step program. <laughs> I didn't expect it, but it was pretty, it was awesome. And then real quickly, uh, the other, about a month ago when I came here and uh, Pastor Lau was going along and, and all he said to me was promised land. Uh, he didn't lay hands on me because as soon as he said promised land, I went down. And before that had happened, uh, I'd come up here from San Diego and I didn't really have a place to stay. And so I was going to continue on to Idaho where I had a place for a couple of nights and figure it out from there. And uh, he said promised land. I'm thinking, okay, that sounds good. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and so the next day, uh, my sisters said, well, you know, we've, we're in agreement. We, you should stay at Dad's. And I said, well, that's not going to fly because I called him the other day just to see if I could come by and say hi. And, and he, uh, the way I explained it to them is he was so vile on the phone that I felt like he went right through the line and spit in my face. So I said, so that's not, that's not going to be the deal. Well, two days later, one of my sisters, my dad calls one of my sisters, and apparently he had a dream. And I don't know, I haven't talked to him about what the dream was or whatnot. I don't know, I've never had a dream where I've woken up and done a 180, but he did a complete 180, and he said, yeah, it'd be a good idea if Scott came and lived with me. So that's right <laughs> ever since. Promised land. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you for sharing your testimony. You know, I learned a few things from Scott. Number one, he did his homework. He did his homework. He was not lazy. He listened to the CD called Unseen Enemy about, we have that, I think it's from our church here, the Unseen Enemy about demons. He listened to the sermon, the whole series about laying on of hands and other things. The Word of God came into his heart to prepare him to receive. The Bible says, my people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. So many of you who come to this meeting, because you don't have any clue what's going on, you never listen to any sermon, you come in with doubt and fear and no expectation because you have no knowledge about what God is going to do. It's a human nature to be skeptical, to be judgmental, and to be fearful. The reason you are judgmental, skeptical, and fearful is because you have no knowledge of the Bible. So if you do your homework, listen to the teaching every day. It prepares your heart to receive the things from God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word. You remember the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says she heard about Jesus. I believe a lot of people witnessed to her what happened to that healing and to that deliverance. She heard and heard and heard. Her heart was prepared by what she heard. That's why when she went to Jesus and touched his garment, her heart was ready to receive. She did not walk in, what's going on here? Oh, oh, what's going on? Oh, I don't understand this. Oh, I don't understand. These people are crazy. She was already ready to receive by hearing the word of God. Amen. Why we have this technology MP3? 
Why we record all the teaching here? Because I want God people to be blessed, and one way to be blessed is to hear the word of God first before you come to Him by faith. You need to know the will of God before you can receive the will of God. You can go as much as you know if you are not led by the Holy Spirit. Normally, we are led by the flesh anyway. You can go beyond the word if you are led by the Spirit, really hundred percent. But normally, we can go only at the level we know. In the mind here, because we are human being. The second thing I learned from Scott is that he just come to God like a child, little child. He doesn't care what people look at him. He just want God desperately to help him, and God came through for him both times, healed him from addiction, and gave him a place to stay. And now he can be in the church. He can worship and serve God here. Wonderful, we should come to God like that, like a child. God, whatever you want, I want you to do to me tonight. If you don't get a lot tonight from the Holy Spirit, don't blame Him, don't blame me. Go back to do your homework. Get the CD. Listen. I want to really encourage you one more time, one more time, especially old believers. I'm not talking to new believers. Old believers. It's so easy to settle down and say, "I have been a Christian for 25 years. I know everything. I've gone to church. This is just another good teaching that I heard out of 1,000 teaching. I'm fine now. I have a job. I have a good wife, good kids. I'm fine. So what? What are you talking about? With that attitude, you don't go anywhere. You need to press in. You need to be hungry. You need to say more. You need to say it's not enough. You need to say I have more to grow. I have more to receive from God. God has unlimited thing for me. You need to be hot, not cold, not warm. Hot for God. Don't stay cold and say I'm okay. I'm safe. I go to heaven anyway. God doesn't like cold. A warm, look warm. He wants us to be hot. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Through the crowd, and suddenly a touch from heaven. Jesus came and set me free. And suddenly. Touch from heaven. Jesus came and me free. Like a woman with the shoe of blood, we press in. We press in like a blind man. Waiting patiently, we press in through the crowd, and suddenly touch from heaven. Jesus came and rescued me, and suddenly. Touch from heaven, 
Jesus came and set me free. Like a woman with the issue of blood, we press in, we press in. Like the blind man, waiting patiently. We press in through the crowd. Then suddenly, touch from heaven. Jesus came and rescued me. Then suddenly, touch from heaven. Jesus came and set me free. Then suddenly, touch from heaven. Jesus came and rescued me. Then suddenly, touch from heaven. Jesus came.
message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I live to you.